I am vengeance. I am the night. I am David Matthew Barris here, and welcome to Enter the Batcave. Yep, we are done with Marvel in May. And just like I promised, I'm going to be talking to you guys about my Batman script, Batman Night Warriors. I thought about this movie for a while, wanting to make this film, and when I was a kid in elementary school and middle school, I would write my own Batman stories. I would actually write my Batman stories and read them to class. You know, I, you know, I made my own Batman stories, and you know, I was such a huge fan of Batman, and of course, I still am to this day, which is why I have this podcast. And I always thought it'd be cool if I wrote my own Batman movie. And I decided this year, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do it. And of course, this is only a rough draft. I'm actually trying to go to school so I can learn screenwriting so I can make my script better. And... You know, it's what they, it's true what they say. It's never too late to accomplish your dreams. Yep, never too late. Unless you want to play for the Yankees. (laughs) Of course, uh, I live in Boston, so it's like, why would anybody want to play for the Yankees? Um, so the name of the movie is Batman Night Warriors. And what this movie is about is Rupert Thorne, yep, one of the gangsters, Rupert Thorne, he decides to hire a ninja named Night Shadow, and he hires him to kill not only Jim Gordon, but also Batman. Now, he'll take the money to kill Gordon, but he wants to kill Batman for free because he sees Batman as the ultimate challenge. And he sees him as a formidable opponent. He sees him as a great warrior and a great conquest. And thus, he he wants to go after Batman. And some, not any spoilers or anything. I don't want to spoil too much, but... Um, Jim Gordon does die in this one. Yep, Commissioner Gordon dies. And as he dies, I mean, after he dies, Harvey Bullock, yep, our lovable bad cop, takes over on an interim basis and wants to go after not only Night Shadow, but he also wants to go after Batman because he actually tells Batman, you know, to stay out of it, that this is their, that they're going to handle this in-house. And of course, Batman, of course, tells him to fuck off. And now Batman is not only being chased by the ninja Knight Shadow, but also by the cops. And there's also more than one plot to this. The first subplot is that Harvey and Renee, yep, Renee Montoya, she's in this one, they have a friends with benefits 
relationship. And of course it gets complicated when Harvey is hired on an interim basis as the police commissioner. And Montoya wants to be the one that takes over. But of course she can't because A, she's a Latina and B, she's a female. And that further complicates their friends with benefits relationship. Because also, Renee, she is pro-Batman, she believes in the Batman, but um, Harvey, not so much. And of course, you guys can go back to the comics and the animated series for, um, for that. And then the other subplot is that Vicky Vale comes back. To Gotham City. Yes, Vicky Vale. Vicky Vale is going to be in this movie. But this is not going to be the blonde-haired Vicky Vale. No, this is going to be the Vicky Vale of the comics, the old comics, the redhead one. And no, Kim Basinger will not be in this one. And I'll talk about this as we roll merrily along. And now I'm going to get me something to drink and i'm gonna talk about who i want to play in this movie be right back okay got me a mountain dew zero spark Open this bad boy up and i'm gonna talk about the actors who i want to be in this movie. Now, this is my dream cast here, and I thought about this for a while, and these are some people that I want to be in my movie, and I think they would be good for these roles, and I'm gonna explain why. Um, one thing I should mention is um, the Rupert Thorne character. Now, originally for Rupert Thorne, I thought about Ray Liotta. And, of course, Ray Liotta has um, passed away. And that was pretty sad because uh, I actually love Goodfellas. And Goodfellas, um, one of the best, if not... Uh, well, I would say one of the best. I mean, it's a good movie. It's one of the best movies Scorsese has ever made. Of course, uh, my personal favorite is Casino. I mean, I love Casino. I mean, if you if I had to choose between watching either Goodfellas or Casino uh, for the rest of my life, guns to my head, Casino wins. <laughs> and Ray Liotta, he was somebody that. I, wanted to play uh, Rupert Thorne, and I know what people are going to say, like, oh, typical Ray Liotta playing a mob boss. I mean, yeah, you know, it's typical, you know, but, um, you know, but sometimes going the, you know, the predictable route, you know, it always works. You know, sometimes it goes yeah, blocked. <laughs> I'm a little tongue-tied here. But, um, 
But yeah, but sometimes it, it works when you go the predictable route. You know, yeah, you have to go unpredictable sometimes, but uh, it also works if you go the predictable route. But uh, Ray Liotta, he was somebody that I wanted to play Rupert Thorne. Unfortunately, he has passed away. Rest in peace. I don't know who I want now to play Rupert Thorne. I'll have to give that a lot of thought. However, I do know who I want to play Bruce Wayne slash the Batman. And that one is WWE superstar Seth freaking Rollins. And Seth Rollins has done some movies. He actually did uh, one movie with uh, Wesley Snipes, actually. And I haven't seen it. Though, uh, my brother, my brother saw it, and he thought it was pretty good. And, you know, I think Seth Rollins would make for a, for a good Batman. I mean, yeah, he doesn't have, like, all the big muscles or anything like that. But, uh, then again, neither did Robert Patterson. So, uh, yeah. There ends that argument. Uh, of course, Seth Rollins would have to do away with the beard, you know. I mean, he can keep the mustache, but the beard, yeah, the beard's gotta go. Yeah, the beard's gotta go. Now, as for the role of Alfred, I don't know who I want to play Alfred. Alfred is somebody who I'm gonna let the studios um, pick. Yeah, I'll... Let uh, the studios pick who they want to play Alfred, because I can't think of anyone who I'd want to play the role of Alfred. As for the role of um, Vicky Vale, uh, for the role of Vicky Vale, I actually, well, there are a few women that I want. One is, could either be Jenna Fisher from The Office. I actually started, I was actually wa binge watching uh, The Office for a while. And, you know, she's kind of become my favorite woman. Um, Angela Kinsey is also my favorite too, but uh, Janet Fisher, oh God, man. You know, uh, that's someone I can probably see playing Vicki Vale. Another person is Christina Hendricks. Oh, yes, the all-lovely Christina Hendricks. I actually had a crush on... I've had a crush on Christina Hendricks for a while, you know, for some years. And uh, I've watched a little bit of Mad Men, but, uh, you know, in her other show, uh, the show where her and the and her girlfriends, like, they rob a place and they get money and whatever. Um, but uh, she is a good actress, and she's very attractive, and that's the thing. Um, the Vicky Vale character has to be very attractive. I mean, not that Kim Basinger wasn't attractive. I mean, at that time, I mean, all oh, those legs and and stuff. I mean, yeah. But, uh, you know, like I said, this Vicky Vale is a redhead, so, you know, I need, you know, a redheaded, you know, sexy little kitten. And Christina Hendricks definitely fits that that bill and <laughs> you know it's actually funny uh there was actually this one dream because um you know 
Because my friend, uh, Gabe Shamus, by the way, shout out to my friend Gabe. Hello. And I had this, because I kept having these, like, sex dreams where, like, uh, well, she's, uh, his beard because Gabe is gay. And, yeah, in real life he's gay. And, um, and of course, back in the 1960s, you know, uh, you you know, being gay was uh, not a very popular thing to be. And as I mentioned this, happy Pride Month. And so what happened is, you know, I get to come over and I get to uh, fuck his wife, Christina Hendricks. And of course, uh, and of course, interracial marriage wasn't all that popular either back in those days. <laughs> Well, I actually had this one dream where, like, uh, like I was straight up pile driving her. Yeah, I was like straight up pile driving her. And uh, meanwhile, in the kitchen, uh, El yeah, Elizabeth Moss and um, Gabe—they're like eating ice cream, you know. And she goes, you know, she's hearing the, you know, and she, you know, and she goes, doesn't that bother you? And Gabe. Is just like, you know, he's eating his ice cream and he goes, nope. <laughs> so yeah, that's one I would definitely um, want to play um, Vicky Vale. Another one who I want to play Vicky Vale is Emma Stone. Yep, Emma Stone. I mean, she's a beautiful redhead, and she's a little younger, and oh god, she is just so so sexy. I mean, um, and she's a good actress too. I mean, I saw her in Cruella, and I thought she was awesome. And I also thought she did a a damn good job in uh, Gangster Squad too. I mean, Gangster Squad. I mean, she was awesome in that. You know, I mean, her and Ryan Reynolds, I mean, anytime they do a movie together, they just have such good chemistry. I mean, the chemistry really, really does work with the two of them, you know. And uh, some people actually thought that they were together in real life, you know. And, but of course, uh, no, wait. No, wait, not Ryan Reynolds. Uh, Ryan, Ryan Gosling. Yeah, Ryan Gosling, sorry. <laughs> My bad. But uh, Ryan Gosling, of course, is with with uh, Eva Mendez <laughs> and Emma Stone uh, I think she's married now I think she's married now but uh, but yeah but those two are you know those two really do make good magic together they make good movies together and Emma Stone I, I could definitely see uh, playing Vicky Vale but the one per lady who I Definitely, definitely want to see play um, Emma. I mean, uh, Vicky Vale is Becky Lynch. Yep, Seth Rollins' wife, Becky Lynch, another WWE superstar. Becky Two Belts, big time Bex, the last kicker. <laughs> and Becky actually is a real life actress. She has studied acting. She's actually in a. Um, monster wrestling movie that's uh i think it's streaming right now on the paramount um uh, network 
uh, streaming on Paramount, sorry, Paramount Plus, and she is, I mean, of course she's, I mean, I find her to be very sexy. I mean, she's sexy, but she's tough, and that's the other thing about, um, you know, Vicky Vale's character is that she's also tough. She's not just a damsel in distress, you know, like, uh, she can also be a tough girl, and she doesn't know how to fight, okay? She knows how to box. I mean, she takes boxing lessons, so she knows how to box. You know, she can't fight, but she can box. You know, like, she can use her two hands and stuff like that, but she cannot, um, you know, she can't, like, win in a street fight. And, you know, it'd be cool to see uh, Becky lynch and uh seth rollins do a movie together and also there are sex scenes too yeah there are sex scenes and yeah it'll be rated r so just letting you all know right now and actually another person i would consider for the role of batman is actually john cena yep another wwe superstar and i know what you all are gonna say well john cena you know he's peacemaker you know there's no way he can be batman and it's like well i think he can you know i think he can he could pull it off as batman you know i mean granted yeah he's peacemaker and and stuff like that but i would still love to see him as uh as batman you know plus he would also make for a cool bruce wayne too <laughs> you know he's got the good looks and and all that stuff um and for the role of Bullock, yeah, with Harley Bullock, I want it to be Steve. Hope I'm pronouncing right. Steve Shrepa or Shrepa. Uh, he played uh, Bobby on The Sopranos. Yep, Tony Soprano's friend Bobby, who also married, um, you know, who married Janice, and uh, you can actually see him on Blue Bloods as well. Yeah, you can see him on Blue Bloods as well. And he would make for a good Harvey Bullock. And, you know, he's a good actor, too. I've seen him in other things. And so I I would love to see him as a, you know, as a cop. You know, I'd love to see him in a, in a big movie. As for the role of uh, Montoya. Montoya, I wanted to be Shrippa's um, Blue Bloods co-star, Marissa Ramirez. Yep, Marissa Ramirez. Um, yeah, she's beautiful. She's sexy. I follow her on Instagram. You know, she's a good actress too. And uh, also, uh, for all you Backstreet Boys fans, uh, she was actually in the Backstreet Boys uh, Everybody video. Yeah, you can catch her... Um, yeah, you can catch her in in that video, in that video, and she is uh, oh man. Plus, she's a mom too. Oh god, gorgeous, just gorgeous. Yeah. And let's see for the role of um, Night Shadow. The role of Night Shadow is I want it. I don't have anyone specifically in mind for that role i know that i want it to be a japanese actor yeah it, it doesn't have to be like a big 
Japanese actor. It doesn't have to be someone famous, you know, like a big martial arts movie star. You know, it could also be someone who's also known for more dramas and stuff, and what have you, or sci-fi or something. But uh, either way, I want it to be a Japanese actor. I don't want it to be a Chinese trying to play a Japanese or a Korean because that's what Hollywood likes to do. I want it to be a real, authentic Japanese person. That's what I want. So, no Jet Li, no Tony Ja, no Jackie Chan, you know. And, let's see, also, Arthur Reeves, who, who was from the Batman comics in the 70s, and you best know uh, from Batman Mask of the Phantasm, uh, he is in this movie as well, and... I want him to be played by Steve Carell from The Office as well because, um, you know, Steve Carell, I mean, he's a good actor. I love him in The Office, and he was also in The 40-Year-Old Virgin, and I never saw that movie because, well, I've seen clips. I've seen some clips, you know, like, uh, no, Kelly Clarkson, and... I also saw the one scene with uh, Kevin Hart in it. I watch it a lot on YouTube. But, um... But Steve Carell, you know, I mean, he's always fun he's always a funny person. You know, he always plays someone who's like a comic relief or whatever. And this would be a good uh, dramatic role for him because he plays uh, a corrupt um, ADA. So... And also, Arthur Reeves, in the comics, he's anti-Batman. And of course, uh, you know, he... But of course, he has to, like, uh, keep him around because Commissioner Gordon and the mayor, you know, want him around. And... And of course, uh, Arthur Reeves, he tries to uh, fix a plan to get rid of Batman. And of course... Uh, You'll know more about that once I complete the movie. And, well, that's about it. Yep, that's about it for, um, for, for who I want to play the role, the roles. And now I'm going to get into the influences. Alright, so there are a lot of influences for this movie. And yes, they do involve the comics. Yeah, and of course, the biggest, one of its biggest influences is Dark Knight Returns. Yep, the Dark Knight Returns. And I say this because Lola Chang is also in this. Uh, Lola Chang, of course, is one of the news reporters. Yeah, Gotham News. And she's also the one that wears the shirt, um, you know, all this and brains too, which uh, was also used in Prince's um, video for Bat Dance for the um, for the Kim Basinger slash Vicky Vale lookalikes, and also because just like in Dark Knight Returns when the mutants uh, kidnapped. And heiress's um, 
you know, a rich kid and they hold him for hostage and and stuff. Um, that's also in there, of course. Um, for that one, yeah, for that one, they kidnap a rich black kid's, yeah, a rich uh, black man's uh, kid, and they hold it for ransom. And it's not the mutants, actually. It's not the mutants. It's um, you know, a play on like where it's like the kidnappers are. Some of the kidnappers, yeah, the kidnappers are named after presidents, and actually one of them is a female um, kidnapper, and she's uh, named after Monica Lewinsky, and she's actually in a relationship with Bill, <laughs> one of the kidnappers, yep, Bill Clinton, and then there's Ronald, they call him Ronnie, <laughs> yep, Ronald Reagan, and then there's Teddy, as in Teddy... Roosevelt. So, <laughs> so there, and and it's actually a good scene of that, and I'm gonna go into it when I read my my script here, and another influence is Batman the Animated Series. Yeah, most of the characters, uh, for those of you who are huge fans of Batman the Animated Series and have probably never read the Batman comics, uh, there are going to be some characters from there that are going to be in this. I've already said it. You know, Harvey, Renee, and um, Arthur Reeves are in this. And, of course, another uh, influence, well, the biggest influence I took from here, uh, from Batman the Animated Series, was the episode Bane. Yeah, that was where we first meet Bane, uh, where Rupert Thorne, you know, hires, you know, Bane to kill Batman. And I actually did a watch-along episode for that on Matt's World on Funday Friday uh, two weeks ago, so make sure that you all go there and and check it out and another of its big influences uh, ninja and samurai movies because like I am a huge fan of uh, martial arts films you know I love the Lone Wolf and Cub series I love uh, the Shokazuki ninja movies and like I said this movie is going to be rated R so it's going to be like uh, those films especially more of the you know, the samurai films, like the ones back in the 70s, the ones where, like, uh, you know, you see a guy get his head cut off, and then all of a sudden, like, blurred starts squirting out of the person's head and stuff. So it's going to be more on, on those levels. Yeah, it's definitely going to be um, more, more on that level. And... You know, and, and of course, another influence, um, well, because uh, there's going to be some sex scenes. I haven't written the uh, sex scenes, though, in my mind. I know what I'm, what's going to happen. But uh, I'm going to be adding six, yes, you heard it right, six sex scenes. And, you know... 
and I know what you're thinking, you know, like, what, six sex scenes, what, is this a porno? And no, not a porno, but uh, a little closer here. But, um, you know, it's not going to be like Fifty Shades of Grey, okay? It's not going to be like Fifty Shades of Grey where, um, you know, you're going to see whips and chains and geisha balls and, and all that stuff. Um, you know, I mean, there's going to be some rough sex, but it's not going to be on, on that level. Well, one of my favorite, uh, Tarantino movies is, uh, Natural Born Killers. And, you know, there's a scene where Jack Scadnetti, um, you know, he's going after Mickey and Mallory and he hires a prostitute for the night. And, you know, he's, you know, trying to get into the spirit of trying to catch the killers and he thinks like, you know, he has to, you know, become one. And, you know, so he hires the prostitute and it looks like they're going to have sex and then he winds up strangling her. And, yeah, he strangled the prostitute to death and he goes, Mickey, I'm coming to get you. <laughs> So yeah, and then there's another scene. Uh, this one's from another one of my favorite martial arts movies, um, Showdown in Little Tokyo. And Showdown in Little Tokyo, of course, starred Brandon Lee and Dolph Lundgren. And there's a scene where um, the guy who played uh, Shang Tsung in Mortal Kombat, like he kills this uh, one girl, like because uh, you find out that uh, she had like been like, she had snitched on him or something, and, you know, she goes, he goes and has uh, sex with her in front of her, um, you know, in front of his bodyguards and stuff, and as he's having sex with, with her, he takes the samurai sword and cuts her head off, and that's influential because in one of the sex scenes, um, Night Shadow he hired, you know, he has one of uh, Rupert Thorne's prostitutes um, come to his room and, you know, and he's, he's having sex with her. And as he's having sex with her, she, you know, he takes off the samurai sword and slits her throat and, you know, covers himself and, you know, in her blood, you know, to get ready to kill. So, yeah, he's a uh, he's a little bit psychotic. Well, I should say a whole lot psychotic. Yeah, he's um, he's very he's very psychotic, you know. So, and so yeah, those are uh, my influences: uh, martial arts movies and um, you know some sex scenes from some films, and also the comics and. Also, uh, Long Halloween is also an influence as well because um, Long the Long Halloween is more of a detect. I feel like, you know, like, you know, it's kind of like a noir detective movie in my mind. You know, I feel like I'm watching those old uh, detective movies from the 30s and 40s. In fact, actually, I want the movie to be in black and white too. I want it to be in black and white. I want it to look like those... Uh, you know, those old gangster movies, and, you know, and if you read the Batman, um, comics, you know, I mean, it does have elements of the gangster films, because it took place in, um, 
well, when Batman first came out, it was in the 30s and the 40s, and and it had some elements of gangster movies in the 70s, you know, like more of the mobsters, like when Dennis O'Neill took over and, and stuff. And in the 89 film, and then in, um, yeah, in the, yeah, in Batman, yeah, in Batman 89, and also in, um, Batman the Animated Series, you know, looks like it took place in that era, too. In fact, um, one of the writers, they said that, uh, for Batman the Animated Series, they want it to be, like, a universe where, you know, the 40s, you know, the 30s and the 40s, uh, never ended. So, that was a huge influence. So, you're gonna see a lot of black and white, some jazz, I mean, there's gonna be some, like, rock and roll and, and stuff, what have you, but, uh, it's gonna feel like a, a noir movie. And so that's it for the influences. And now I'm gonna read you what I have written so far for my script. And actually I was working on it a little bit today. I was in my writing group, but I was uh, distracted a little bit because um, the cafe that I went to for my writing group, they were also playing Bob's Burger, and I love Bob's Burger. So I didn't get much done with that one, but, um, well, particularly um, one scene. But, you know, I'll, I'll uh, read what I've written so far. I'm going to put on some uh, jazz music in the background, so I'll be right back. This is Batman Night Warriors. Gotham City Airport. A sexy Afro-Latino waits for her client to arrive. Her name is Candace. Candace Anita Gomez. She is half Puerto Rican half Italian, and is an assistant to crime boss Rupert Thorne. The plane arrives on the runway and outsteps a six-foot-six Japanese man. His real name is Jushin Okada, but he is best known as Night Shadow, a ninja for hire. He is a black belt in ninjutsu. Kyokushin Karate, Kaju Kimbo, Jiu Jitsu, and has a background in kickboxing. Candace and Jushin meet at the bottom of the stairs. Konnichiwa. Como esta? The two walk to the limo as Jushin carries his two brief cases. He hands them to the driver to put in the trunk. The two get into the limo and drive off. How was your flight? Good, except for the in-flight movie. What did they play? Clueless. Ah yes, a 1990s classic. What is so appealing about teenagers who do nothing but shop and gossip about the boys. It's a white girl thing, you wouldn't understand. Candace gets a champagne glass and 
put some ice in it. Champagne? Not for our first meeting. Candace pours herself a glass. Keeping a clear head for the meeting. I admire that. What about you? Helps keep the edge off. Candace takes a big sip of her champagne. The two arrive at Gotham Plaza Hotel. The two head up to the elevator and head to the penthouse suite. When they open the door, they find three bodyguards surrounding a big 53-year-old Italian mob boss with silver fox hair and an unlit Cuban cigar. His name is Rupert Thorne, a half-Italian, half-Irish mob boss who controls most of Gotham City. He is the last of a dying breed. All the other mob bosses are either dead or in prison. Rupert Thorne. Ah, my, my good friend. Welcome to Gotham. Dushin looks around the room and sees the bar, a big plasma TV, a long dining table, and an outside pool. I hope you find this penthouse to your liking. Normally, I don't go through the trouble spending this much on an assassin, but from what I hear, you're the best. Jushin approaches Thorn and offers his hand. You've heard right. The two go sit at the couch with a briefcase on the table. Do you have my money? Rupert opens the briefcase and shows the five million dollars. All paid in full. Rupert closes the briefcase. It's like they say, money makes the world go round. Rupert pulls out a silver lighter and attempts to light his cigar. This is a non-smoking suite. Rupert closes the lighter and smiles. My apologies. Rupert puts the lighter back in his pocket. Five million for now. The other five for when you kill the bat. You can keep the other five million. The bat is for free. Rupert looks puzzled. Why free? Jushin pulls out a copy of a Japanese newspaper that shows Batman landing a sidekick to a robber in a mask. The honor of going to battle with another warrior is rewarding in itself. How so? Jushin hands the paper. I hands him the paper and walks up to the back door. He looks out to the bright lit up city of Gotham. As ninjas, we pride ourselves as more than just assassins for hire. We are known as Yoro no Senshi, warriors of the night. While the enemy lay in bed sleeping, we, with the technique and weapons we have 
perfected over the years, use as an opportunity to strike. We are born in the night. We are raised by the night. We become the night. For soldiers, policemen, and samurai, it is an occupation. For us, it is a way of life. We live for the hunt. We live for the danger. But most of all, we live for the challenge. This Batman presents the perfect challenge for a warrior such as myself. I have studied him, read about him. He has the same characteristics of a ninja. They say he cannot be killed. They say he uses the knight as a weapon. They say he cannot be defeated. To defeat this Batman would mean that I had defeated America's mightiest warrior, leaving me as a supreme knight warrior of the entire world. Rupert stands up. You make an excellent point, Jushin. Okay, we have a deal. Jushin walks over to Rupert, and once again they shake hands. However, just so you know, killing the Batman is no easy task. I believe the expression in your country is, anything easy isn't worth doing, yes? You are correct, my friend. We will be in touch. Rupert and his men go to leave the suite. Before Rupert walks out the door, he turns around. You know, after this, maybe you can help out a friend of mine. He's having some problems in his city of Metropolis. Aliens are above my pay grade. Rupert smiles and closes the door behind him. Over in Crime Alley, a crowd gathers behind the police barricade. There is a hostage situation in an abandoned apartment building. Detectives Harvey Bullock and Renee Montoya are waiting by a cop car with a cell phone. Commissioner Gordon arrives in a black BMW. Eight feet away from the crime scene is GCN reporter Lola Ch Chang with her camera crew. A tall, sexy redhead with a black dress where on the front it says, All this in brains. Lola. A hostage situation here on Crime Alley. An unknown group of kidnappers are holding Christ Crystal Duvet hostage. Crystal Duvet is the 10-year-old heir to the Wayne and Antonia Duvet. Oh, sorry, let me start out again. Crystal Duvet is the 10-year-old heir to Wayne and Antonia Duvet, owners of the Cajun Persuasion Buffet chains. Crystal was kidnapped a week ago after leaving her school, the Thomas Wayne Charter School. Inside the abandoned apartment, Crystal is on a chair, duct-taped and gagged. The four kidnappers are young adults, all in their 20s, except for one. The first kidnapper is Bill, 
the ringleader. He's a 22-year-old Irish-American, a heroin dealer, a coke addict, and is a Kurt Cobain lookalike. The second member is his girlfriend, Monica, a 17-year-old African-American runaway with a spiked mohawk whose drug of choice is weed, mushrooms, coke, and heroin. The third kidnapper is Teddy, a 22-year-old black man who's the muscle of the group who rocks corn rolls. The last one is Ronald, a.k.a. Ronnie, a 20-year-old stick-up kid who was born in Puerto Rico. Crystal is sobbing, but trying not to be loud about it, and at the same time starts uncontrollably wetting herself in her school uniform. Monica notices the odor by taking a whiff and is disgusted. Aw, man! Yo, Bill! This bitch just peed on herself! Surprised you can smell anything with that nose of yours. Monica slaps Crystal upside the head, and Crystal lets out a loud groan. Fucking little bitch! All those millions of dollars, and them bourgeois parents of yours didn't teach you to hold it? Careful, Monica. We don't want to damage the merchandise. Come on, man, it stinks up in this bitch. Yo, can I at least get one hit? You know the rules. Not while on the job. Fuck, man, I haven't had a hit since this morning. I'm fucking dying over here. Bill turns from the window to face her. The answer is no, Monica. Monica becomes angry and soon punches the wall. Bill walks towards her and caresses her hair. Hey, relax, babe. I know this is tough, but trust me, it'll be over soon. Once we get the money, we'll smoke the kid. You can have all the coke you want. Hell, I'll even let you suck my big ass cock. You like that? Yeah. You like that, baby? Yes. You want to suck my 12-inch cock? Yes, baby. Yes. Okay. Just be a little patient. Bill kisses Monica on the lips. And then slaps her so hard with his right hand she gets down to both knees. When I say no, I mean no. So don't ever talk back to me again, bitch. Got it? Monica starts sobbing. Yes, Billy. Billy's cell phone starts to ring. Bill takes it out of his jacket pocket. Fucking little cunt. Bill walks towards the window as he answers the phone. Talk to me. This is Commissioner Gordon. We want to know if the kid's okay. She made a mess out of her little school uniform. But other than that, she's fine. Look, just let her go and we'll give you whatever you want. Wish I could do that, Kamish, but we have a little problem. Ronnie shows Bill the laptop and there's no money transferred. I'm looking at my account right now and not seeing one red cent. We're working on it now. Please be patient. 
What's taking you so long? Is there a shortage of donuts I should know about? Now you listen to me, you son of a bitch. You kidnapped the daughter of the richest black man in Gotham City. If you harm her, there will be no place for you to run. She's a child. She may be a rich black girl to the world, but in my eyes, she's just another spoiled rich bitch the world would be better off without. She's an innocent little girl, Bill. She doesn't deserve this. Kamish, if there's anything this world has taught me, it's been these three things. Life is beautiful. Life is precious. But one thing it's not is fair. Now I'm done pussyfooting around. I either start seeing some donations in my account, or I'm going to put so many holes in this rich bitch, she's going to look like Swiss cheese covered in horse shit. Bill. 30 minutes, Commissioner. Sharp. Bill hangs up the phone. Outside the building, Gordon hangs up the phone in anger. Shit. Bullock. Okay, Kamish. I'm sending in the team. No. We can't take that chance. Besides, we still got our guy. Are you kidding me? We got a scared little black girl up there with these crackheaded fucks, and you want you want us to wait for your guy while we're scratching our nuts? This ain't our first barbecue, detective. Last time I checked, I'm the head detective on this case, and I got a SWAT team in place ready to kick some ass. And the last time I checked, I'm the police commissioner, and I'm the one who signs your checks. Therefore, we'll kick ass when I say we kick ass. So either get with the program or get out. Bullock gets in Gordon's face with disdain and anger. Whatever you say, boss man. Back in the apartment, Monica takes out a pack of Marlboro Reds. I'm going out for a smoke. Monica goes to the door and opens it. When suddenly, a screeching bat comes flying in. The bat flies around Monica, and she backs up and screaming. Relax, babe. It's just a bat. Monica continues to scream. Bill takes out a Mac 11. Get out of the way! Bill fires off the, the Mac 11 and puts in nine bullets in her, and she falls out the window and lands on the concrete. Should have gone out the way, bitch. Suddenly, from the ceiling, comes the masked vigilante known as the Batman. Batman does a spinning side kick to Bill's gut and breaks his ribs. Batman throws ninja powder in Ron's face as Ronnie charges at him. Batman moves to the side and delivers two body shots and a left hook to the jaw. Next, Teddy starts throwing punches, but Batman easily starts avoiding the punches using the shoulder roll and lands a straight right hand that breaks his nose. Teddy is pissed and, and starts throwing more headshots, but misses. Batman lands a left jab to the nose 
then a left jab to the gut, and then three left jabs above the right eye. Batman fakes a left jab and lands a Muay Thai kick to Teddy's leg, well, his left thigh. Batman lands another Muay Thai kick to Teddy's leg and lands a left jab and a right cross, but Teddy won't go down. Batman fakes a right hand and lands an inside and outside leg kick. Teddy wobbles a bit, and now he can barely stand on his leg. Batman. You now just suffered nerve damage to your left leg. It'll be at least six months before you can properly walk again. Teddy takes one swing at Batman, and Batman catches it and does a judo hip toss and puts Teddy on his back. Batman goes for a Kimura lock and snaps Teddy's arm in half. Teddy screams out in pain. And it'll be five months before you can use your arm. Batman walks over to Bill, who's still in agonizing pain due to the spinning sidekick. He stands over him. What are you? I am the knight. Fade to black. Opening credits. Bats fly across the moon. Some stay and form the bat city. Batman. Night Warriors. And though. That's it. Uh, there is some other stuff that I've written, but uh, like I said, I haven't completed it. So uh, next time I decide to um, to read my rough draft, uh, I'll definitely give that to you. And yep, that's it. I hope you all enjoyed that one. And I'll be right back real quick. I just got to finish off my Mountain Dew Zero, and I'll be back. All right, that will do it for this episode of Enter the Batcave. Uh, next week, I will not be doing an episode because I'm going to have myself an American Horror Story Marathon for that weekend. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. However, the Sunday afterwards, I will be doing a special fantasy casting for the anniversary of one of the worst Batman movies of all time, Batman and Robin. Yep, there were some people that were considered for some of the roles in Batman and Robin, and I will talk about that because it's actually the anniversary of that movie that's coming up soon. And that'll do it. Hope you all enjoyed this episode. And until then, later, masturbators.